Hey, this is Brandon J. Clack, and you're tuned into Game Changer. everybody brandon j clack here on all your social media platforms with another edition of game changer and i'm so excited that you are here with me today i just believe that uh, our conversation today is going to introduce you to a powerful concept of preparation that you need to receive uh today's conversation is going to be about rooms and tables and if you know anything about that uh you know when i was growing up my parents would invite me into certain rooms and kick me out of others. And here's why. I really believe it was because my maturity wasn't able to handle every kind of conversation. And so some things that they wanted to say, I didn't have the maturity level to be able to understand it, comprehend it, hold it, and not distribute it to the masses. And so they would just put me out of certain rooms. And then there were times at certain tables I just couldn't sit at, especially if there was a bunch of people over for Thanksgiving or something like that. There was a kid's table and at that kid's table, you didn't have any expectations. You know, anything went, you could, I mean, just eat a ham sandwich off of the floor, you know, grab some turkey or, you know, just do whatever you wanted at that kid's table. But you weren't allowed at that adult's table because there was a certain standard, a certain expectation. And and watch this. There was even a certain type of meal. You know, at the kid's table, you got chicken tenders and, you know, fries and all kind of weird stuff that kids like to eat. But at the dinner table for the adults, there was steak, there was there was fish, there was salmon, there was salad. I still don't eat salad. But, you know, there was all of that kind of stuff to match the appetite for the mature. Here is what I'm trying to tell you. I think God is trying to invite you into certain rooms and tables But my job for the next few moments is to make sure that we start the conversation of of the quality of maturity that you're willing and ready to walk in. All right, let's do some work. First Samuel uh, chapter 18 gives us a very interesting story about a man named David. And I'm just going to give you briefly his back history on how I believe he got to the greatest room and the greatest tables of his life. Uh, The Bible tells us that David was a man that was used to wrestling with wild beasts. And the Bible tells us that in his defense as a shepherd boy for the sheep that he was called to oversee, he would fight the lion and the bear. And he made sure that he put them in their place to make sure that the sheep were not in danger. Why did he do that? Because his father had essentially, if you go contextually with what we're talking about, his father essentially put him in the right rooms and at the right tables. And for this stage of your life, David, your job is to hold down the sheep. The sheep stink. The sheep don't have a lot of conversation. The sheep make a mess everywhere. The sheep at times can be stubborn, but your job is to keep the sheep. Hear me. Whenever you are giving a task that seems beneath you, the only way that you get the door for promotion is how well you handle what you've been given. Most of the times we get irritated when we don't get to do what our quote unquote brothers are getting to do. You know, we don't have any scriptural 
presentation or any scriptural revelation that Eliab and the other brothers were getting to do other things that they didn't have to fight the lion. They didn't have to fight the bear. They weren't on the backside of, of their father's backyard, you know, missing all the cookouts. But we see that that's where David was. Are you okay with your father giving you dangerous tasks and the people that you're closest to don't have to do it? And that's where the psychology of your preparation must get the motivation of your heart checked. You must have proper motives when you're going through process to become whatever it is that God has called you to become. Now, I want to make this practical for you as well and not just a a spiritual parallel. Here's the practicality. If you want to be the head supervisor at McDonald's and you are sick of flipping quarter pounders, the way that you get noticed at work is you got to be the best burger flipper until somebody sees that you have maximized your potential. It kills me when people come and tell me what they're called to do, but they won't be responsible for what they where they are right now. You have got to be okay with being responsible with the few. Here's what your Bible says, that you should be a good steward over the small things so that you can become a ruler over the big things. You want to just have your little gift, bring you into all of these special little rooms so that you can be used on a grand stage, but you don't know how to sweep, you can't vacuum, you won't speak speak to nobody. You know what kills me? You want to preach and prophesy and give all these incredible words to a thousand, but you ignore the one who's got a broom in their hand on Saturday morning when we're cleaning the church. I mean, can you just think about how crazy that is that you just are only special enough to speak in front of all these people, but you ignore the homeless person that you could have given a dollar to get your priorities straight and maximize the rooms that you're in. Let me hurry up. Cause I don't want you to click off this podcast. Cause I'm making you mad. I can already tell. Just just wipe your eyes really quick and just tell yourself I'm not going to be mad. All right, really good. Awesome. All right. So the the next thing that we see with David is that he comes into this moment. He's already killed the lion. He's already killed the bear. He is being faithful where his father has put him. Watch this. And then a prophet comes to town and anoints the prepared. Now you're not going to like that. I said a prophet comes to town and anoints the prepared. David was prepared to fight big circumstances. Once David gets the oil of kingship and he hears this awesome prophetic word, he then goes back. He goes back to the place where he's supposed to be and he and he deals in that area until there is a gigantic situation that comes to him that he is not able to overcome on his own. You know, Saul finds himself in the fight of his life who's the king and this is such a gigantic situation. He has to find somebody that's small in their eyes. Pause. Sometimes people that remain small in their own eyes have the courage to deal with problems that other people can't figure out. This is a gigantic situation. It's Goliath. It's a big problem. But David finds himself ready to use the evolving technology and the warfare of choice. Watch this. He uses this phrase. He says these words to to Goliath as he is ushered into the greatest battle of his life. He says these words. He says, uh, you are no match for me. I've already dealt with the lion. I've already dealt with the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be no different. Here's the, here's the next thing that you need to do. 
once you get ready to get invited into rooms. So I want you to think about rooms like this, not as rooms as your final destination, but I want you to think of rooms as journeys and seasons of life, rooms and tables, journeys and seasons of life. David has just been invited into the warfare room. And when he gets in that room, he finds himself prepared, watch this, with advanced technology. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm telling you that certain rooms are reserved for problem solvers and cultural evolvers. Certain rooms are reserved for problem solvers and cultural evolvers. Number one, you need to become a problem solver and not a problem starter. If you come into a room that that you've been waiting on and you cause more problems than what you can do away with, you're not going to be in that room very long. So here is the thought that I want you to consider. David gets invited into a warfare room. He's in the middle of a fight. He's in the middle of a war. He gets invited into that room and he uses a problem solving grace. Here's what he hinges on. He uses his history with God. You have got to become more acquainted with your history with God so that you won't be arrogant when you get invited to a new room. David didn't use any, any brand new sword. He didn't use none of Saul's armor or anything like that. He is so thankful that he is even having a chance to be in this brand new room that I'm going to remind myself of the history that I have with God. He gave me the strength to deal with a bear. He gave me the strength to deal with a lion. That's a problem solver. That's acknowledging how you've already overcome. I am a problem solver. Here's how he was a cultural evolver. He does not rely on the weaponry of overcoming the bear and the lion. He stays, yes, I'm thankful for the history with God, but I'm also willing to evolve with the culture and the time that is in front of me. He says, I don't need your sword and your shield. I'm going to use my history with God and I'm going to use a slingshot and some five smooth stones. Here's another thing. If you want to maximize new rooms and new tables, you got to be a problem solver and you have to be willing to evolve culturally. You have to be a cultural evolver, meaning you have to be willing to not use the old success of an old season, and you've got to be willing to try something new. If I believe if David would have used Saul's armor, he would have been too slow and he would have gotten squashed. I don't even know if people say squashed anymore, but you know what? I'm going to use it. He would have gotten squashed. Now watch this. After all of that takes place, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse number one, here's what it says. And David had finished talking with Saul and he met Jonathan, the the king's son. That is such a powerful sentence and we always overlook it. David finished talking with Saul, which means he's about to be invited into a brand new room. You're about to come off of the warfare room and you're about to get introduced into the palace. Why is the palace important? The palace is important because that is the beginning of the process for his prophetic word. Let me say that again. The palace is important because it's the beginning of process of his prophetic word. Hear me. Every battle you win, you get introduced to a brand new process that will fulfill a prophetic word over your life. This is why you don't need to run from fights 
This is why you need to embrace holy confrontation. And I'm not talking about slapping your coworker. I'm not talking about punching your sister. I'm talking about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God in the pulling down of strongholds. I'm talking about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spirits of wickedness and high places. I'm talking about I'm talking about you wrestling with you, the nasty you, angry you, trifling you. Lying you, horny you, you ain't gonna say nothing about that, lustful you. I'm talking about you confronting the you that's that's trying to stop you from getting to your moments. But every war you win, here is the blessing. You get to opt in to the process called the palace. I'm gonna prove it to you. Here it comes. David kills Goliath and then he talks with Saul. That's not the shouting line. Here is the encouragement that you need to grab. He met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, not between him and Saul, but between Saul's number two, Saul's heir to the throne. If you are going to get invited into brand new rooms, if you're ready to come off the battlefield for your Lord, if you're ready to just move up into something that you feel is is directly connected to your call, You have got to stop having this unhealthy idolatry of the main guy. And I'm talking about the main guy. If you're you're in a church context, I'm talking about your pastor. If you're in a a business context, I'm talking about the CEO and the owner. I'm, I'm trying to introduce you into stop having these lustful, idolatrous Uh, moments where you're trying to get the guy who you think is the most important, you want their attention so bad that you are neglecting to develop a relationship, watch this, with the support staff. You need to be okay with developing relationship with the people who implement the structure that uphold the kingdom. Jonathan is the heir to the throne. But David does not say, fool, I'm about to be you. I got a prophetic word. You ain't going to be king. Something's going to happen. No, what David does is that he begins to make friends, not with the initial connect, but he makes friends with somebody that could possibly be overlooked. He makes friends with the number two. And the very next verse, read it for yourself. Verse number two, 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse number two. Here's what it says. And from that day on, Saul kept David with him and he would not let him return home. We don't see that that proclamation. We don't see that after he kills Goliath. We don't see that after he kills the bear. We don't see that after he kills the lion. We see that David gets invited. He doesn't sneak in. All you, you know, he he doesn't manipulate his way in. That's another thing you need to grab. When you when you want to get to brand new rooms of influence, stop sneaking in. Stop gossiping your way in. Stop sleeping with people to get in. You have got to just allow the favor of God to open the door. You need to be invited and come out of this ungodly rejection. I sure hope I'm helping you. Come out of this ungodly rejection when somebody else gets invited someplace that you didn't get invited to. Like it's no big deal. Get over it. So David gets invited into the room, not because he's a warrior, not because he's a worshiper, not because of any of those things. Your Bible says that from that day on, what day, what day, the day he honored Jonathan, 
The Bible says he stopped talking with Saul. He wasn't trying to get the attention of the main guy. He started to develop a relationship with somebody that understands the system. If you'll have enough self-esteem and you'll start to make friends with system people, you're going to get invited to rooms that you've only been dreaming about. Here's my last point, and then we're out of here. 1 Samuel 18, verse 14. Uh, Well, let's do verse 13. Here's what it says. It says, uh, now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from Saul. Pause. That's verse 12, but pause. What's on your life is going to make people intimidated if they are not, if they don't have an up-to-date relationship with God. The only people that are intimidated by what God is doing on your life is people that are not as connected to God as they should be. That will never change. Moving on, verse 13. (laughs) Verse 13, therefore Saul removed him from his presence. Stop crying about when people disconnect from you. Sometimes they cannot stay connected to you because your presence reminds them of their disobedience. That's a whole nother podcast. And then he makes him a captain over a thousand and he went out and he came in before the people. Verse 14 is what you need to get. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways and the Lord was with him. That is so powerful. Let me give you verse 15. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself wisely, he became afraid of him. Here is what you need to get as we wrap this up. David is in the room that matches his destiny. At some point, you are going to get introduced to the room that matches your destiny. The way you get to stay there, you have got to learn how to act right. Let me not church it up for you. You need to learn how to act. Learn how to conduct yourself. You probably talk too much. You for sure gossip too much. I'm talking to you. You you for sure gossip too much. You lie. You cheat. You steal in order to maximize the rooms that you're in. If you want to stay in the room that is directly connected to your destiny, learn how to behave wisely. Every time that David went out with those thousands of people that he was captain over, he never once tried to remind them, yo, I'm about to be king. Y'all better serve me. I'm going to take over Saul's job. He behaved himself wisely. Here is the success of the power of being in that room. He knew how to conduct himself with humility and wisdom. The way that you are going to get to stay in the room that God is getting ready to bring you to is you've got to behave yourself wisely. Do not create subculture when you are in somebody else's vision. I'm going to say that again, and a senior pastor is going to thank me one day. Do not create subculture, or, or maybe it's not a church context for you. Maybe you're a business person. Stop trying to get your direct supervisor in trouble in hopes that the CEO fires them and hires you. How about you work on coming back from lunch on time? Hello, behave yourself wisely. Hey, my name is Brandon J. Clack, and I hope that this podcast was a blessing to you. It's important that you get ready for the rooms and the tables that God's about to bring you into. And the main thing that you need to understand is you have got to behave yourself wisely. Until we do it again, remember, this is the Game Changer. Peace.